Hey everyone, today's live show is sponsored by a new sponsor today, We Back Tracks. He, uh, he uh, is a viewer of the show and he's on the Patreon account. We have Lawrence Petros, or Petros LPD Pedals is sponsoring, John Jex, Bradulust, and Michael Shy, and David Madison. More importantly, David Madison's uh, not only a sponsor of the show, but uh, next month he's going to get something cool, a special t-shirt, a t-shirt that's made specifically for him. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute as well. So let's... Uh, Let's just get into it. So, how's everybody's Friday doing? I hope it's good. It's been a crazy week with these time zone changes. I live in the one of the, I think it's us, Wisconsin, and Hawaii. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's only like three states that don't don't participate in changing the time zone. So it gets a little weird when everybody changes their time zone and uh, we don't. So uh, everybody's hopping on. Ed Dana says, hi. Hey, Ed. How's it going? Cheddar Kung Pao. Hey, everybody. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, didn't think it, it would it would make it today. Well, we made it today. We did good. Um, so we got a lot of cool stuff. Today we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to give some uh, cool announcements or uh, talk about a couple things, and then we'll get into questions uh, just because there's a lot of stuff going on during the week, and I thought it would be fun to talk about it. So uh, we'll, we'll get, do that. And then it gives everybody a couple minutes to kind of hop on and see what's going on. Plus, we can check out uh, some of my new... Um, new stuff we got so as you can see i got a little screen here tells you who the sponsors are again thank you for everyone on uh patreon and speaking of the patreon sponsors i want to also shout out to who was our winners let's see we had um where do we where do we put this i have a whole thing now of um like stuff we can pull up and try this what do we got? That's the Lawrence Petros pedal. So, we'll, you know what? We'll talk about that first. So, something that happened cool. Lawrence and I had lunch this week, and during the discussion, he had, he was letting me know he did something, and I thought it was really cool because it was basically based on you guys. Um, this pedal, the the 68, a lot of you have it, and, and a lot of you probably want it, and one of the issues is it's $250. So, based on feedback from you guys he made some changes that i thought was really cool of a, of a kind of a builder to do so what he did is instead of this pedal being 250 dollars, he took the feature out the one feature which was a switch that let you switch between a higher gain and a lower gain setting and what he did is he made it 189 so he dropped it 60 dollars, and now it's just there's a green and a red mode now it just does green mode which was your based on your feedback the number one sound that you're going for so now you can get one of his pedals for two or $189 versus $250. And if you guys really want um, the that feature, what's great is he came out with a new version, which is this, which is the same pedal, but now you can foot switch that feature back and forth and it has a boost control and it's $30 more. So it's like getting the same old pedal except for two extra features, boost control and switch for $30 more, or you can save some money and go to the smaller one. I thought that was cool because, you know, he made a, he may have came to that conclusion on his own over time, but it was cool to see the fact that it was you guys giving him feedback, uh, and he, he learned from that, and, and, and that's what we want to see happen here on the channel, right? We, we talk about gear, and, and hopefully sometimes, you know, manufacturers listen to what we have to say, if it's, if it's important, or if, uh, it's cool. And then speaking of something that happened that's kind of funny was, so, some of you guys know that uh, when I interviewed Paul Reed Smith, he made a funny joke about um, there's no such thing as left-handed pianos, so that's why they don't do left-handed guitars. And then, of course, uh, a month later, he's made the announcement that now they have left-handed PRS SEs. So um, 
So a slightly more affordable than maybe the $3,000 guitars, the SEs now come in a left-handed version. So a lot of you left-handed uh, players out there seem pretty excited. I sent a message to the people at PRS letting them know that Shane in the Blues is a left-handed player and he would be a cool guy if they want to reach out and maybe send him one to check out. So hopefully that'll happen. I don't know. I don't have any kind of cool uh, cloud or anything. I just, you know, try to connect two people together and see how it works. And then... Uh, and then there was one other thing that was kind of cool, which was, where is it at? Maybe I don't have it. I thought there was the live show. What's that? Oh, yeah, there it is. That was so, so I want to congratulate James and Tom. They are on Patreon, and they won the two pedals I gave away last uh, week. So, um, And then James and Tom, just so you know, I'm a little behind right now in shipping stuff out, but it'll get done. Um, I'm going to try and see if I can get some, some delegating out to get that done. But thank you guys again for everything you did. And, and, and again, just want to thank everybody for that before we get started with today's uh, discussion. And then what we'll do is go back to this. So that's... And then I have more pictures for us to talk about later. So let's see what you guys are talking about. Um, okay, Kyle wants to know, hey, any thoughts on the Seymour Duncan pickup booster? It is one of my favorite booster pedals out there because it's really unique. It's a, the, if you're not familiar with what he's talking about, uh, guys, the pickup booster by Seymour Duncan is not just a booster pedal. The idea is that let's say you have uh, a, a humbucker guitar and you're playing an amp and you have a great settings and you're perfect and you switch the gig to get that strat tone. You go to strat and then all your levels drop and you're not pushing the amp anymore. You're, you don't have that kind of uh, you know sound and power. You can use the pickup booster kind of push that signal back up. Or if you want to use a lower output pickup, which is something I particularly like, um, but then boost the signal so that you can push the amp to overdrive, but maybe not have uh, a huge magnetic field, you know, causing sustain issues with your strings. Uh, that's what you can do with that. It's a very cool pickup. So, you know, they make two versions, the original version and the new version. My experience is that both versions, I've owned both and they're very good. Uh, I don't have one currently in my collection. It's because the last one, the newer one, I had it. I got that one. And a buddy of mine needed it for a gig, and I loaned it to him. And then, basically, he just said, hey, it would be a lot easier if you just sold this to me than if I try to find a used one out there. So that's what we did. Um, so I need to probably get it back. And, or not that one back, but get another one back and get it in the collection. Very cool pe uh, pedal for sure. So like I said, I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's a booster pedal, but not exactly like every other booster pedal. It's, it's definitely unique. So uh, Guitar Hack says, thoughts on the Marshall Governor 2. So I'm assuming that Governor 2 is uh, the, the Korean pedal version. For those of you who don't know, Marshall originally had a series of pedals made in England uh, and that are now all worth top dollar. The the Blues Breaker, the, uh, the, the Marshall Governor, the um, uh, Shredmaster, all of them fetching $200 strong. Uh, and then there was a second series. The second series to me is not as good as the first series, but still good pedals. The Governor is definitely one of those pedals I like from both series. Uh, but, and, and, and those, all those first series were some of the best pedals I've ever played to this day. I, I sold mine just because they hit top dollar. I bought them all used for 50 bucks. And then when they hit 300 and $350, you know, you just, I didn't, I didn't see the, the point of having six, $700 in pedals when I can sell those and get some other stuff that I could use. But so, you know, there is a ton of clones. The great thing about pedals is there's a clone of everything. So if that's a pedal, um, the better question would be, 
you know, maybe we should check into that. Maybe if there's an app, another clone of the original that's better than their second version. That's what I'm kind of curious to see. Anyone played with any of those Governor clones to see if they're any good? I have a Blues Breaker clone. Uh, I forget the name. I feel horrible. It's the company in Nashville, and now Chapman has a pedal with them, and I bought one in Nashville, and it's a Blues Breaker clone, and it's pretty good. Uh... Okay. Hey, Phil, did you ever own a Fender James Burton signature Telecaster? Yeah, I own two. I had the uh, original. I never had the gold uh, Paisley one. I had the red Paisley one, and then I sold it to get the blue Paisley one when that came out. And um, I don't know if I regret getting rid of that guitar. The big thing was it feels like a Tele and sounds like a Strat. It just So that was my only thing. Uh, it's really cool guitar for sure. I did not play his straightforward. He has a Telecaster one, a straightforward, a Telecaster. I've never really even played that one, but I own the blue, uh, Paisley and the red Paisley. They were fantastic. Um, and I think the same thing would happen with that. I think when I bought mine, they were like a thousand dollars new and then they kind of got up there and then, um, I know for a fact when I sold them, I know I sold the red one to get the blue one straight across and I was out nothing and I sold the blue and I made some money on it and I wasn't using it. It was just laying around. The I never tried. Okay, Michael asked if I ever tried the John Page Classic. I haven't. Uh, Yuki, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Yuki, Dukely, Ukuli, Dukely, sure. Uh, thoughts on the Eastwood guitars? Uh, Eastwood guitars are very cool. In fact, they have a guitar right now that I've been drooling over. Uh, they've remade the Charvel, um, uh, what do you call it? I call it the Skatecaster. It's not called that. Surfcaster. The Charvel Surfcaster. Uh, I keep looking at it. They keep putting it in the social media where I see it. And uh, that's a fantastic guitar. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look that up. It's just the Charvel Surfcaster. That, or look on Eastwood's site. You'll see that guitar. It's got two lipstick pickups. Definitely the guitar from, from Eastwood I would I would be looking to get for myself. But every guitar I've played from them has been really good stuff. Uh, Chris says, Phil, I just bought my first drive pedal, the Full Tone OCD. How how would I do? You know, the OCD is one of the classics. Uh, it's, it's a great pedal. It's fantastic. Um, there's eight versions of it. Uh, there's a great video about that where the guy talks about all eight versions. It's kind of fun video. Yeah, uh, but mostly what I got from it is, you know, the the original ones are slightly better. But I think that's always the case when you think, uh, as you mash produce stuff, you get consistency, but you don't get the magic. Uh, but you get consistency, which sometimes is in its way its own magic because you don't have to worry about having, you know, extreme good ones and bad ones you're right in the middle but no the iocd is definitely one of the if i was going to say five pedals maybe that's a cool video we should do five overdrive must have pedals or pedals that everybody should try the ocd is one of those pedals you know here's a good here's a good thought a good rule of thumb if the pedal you bought has at least five or ten clones of it it's probably a good pedal <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you don't clone the stuff that's not very good and generally speaking um Let's see. What is better, Gibson Les Paul Tribute or Studio? Um, well, the Studio, I think, is better. The Tributes are nice because they're like stripped-down studios is how I look at them. I have a Tribute. I have the 50s Tribute. I like it. Um, the couple things I like about them is the satin finishes and stuff. Uh, but I personally think the Studios are a little bit nicer quality. So better in quality. Not, I mean, better subjective. You could easily fall in love with either or. I really like the price tag of the Tributes, I'll tell you that. You know, six, seven hundred bucks used, you know, eight hundred dollars new. 
Uh, Craig says, tube, do you need to break in tubes? You don't need to break in tubes. What they, they do do is they burn in the tubes. That is really, uh, really common with ant manufacturers. Most ant manufacturers, if not all ant manufacturers, will, uh, when they first put the tubes in the ant, run the ant for 24 hours straight with no load on it. In other words, there's, it's not plugged into a cabinet, but it has nothing plugged in the front end. A little secret about tube amps. Um, they, uh, so, so they run them for 24 hours to burn them in. Burning them in, I don't think has a whole lot to do with like a speaker wearing in a speaker, getting it to a sweet spot. I think it's just to see if the tube fails. Kind of like the logic is if it's going to fail, it's probably going to fail burning for the first 24 hours. So um, I don't think in most cases you need to do that. The million dollar question would be when you buy new tubes, you do a burn in. I've talked to a couple amp builders in the past that say, yeah, you, you, you know, you need to run them a little bit, but I've never heard anything like, you know, run them for 24 hours or anything. So maybe an hour. But I think, again, that's just a fail-safe to see if they're working. You know what I mean? So, uh, And, yeah, actually, take that back. I think when they were re- referencing that to me, they were talking about, yeah, it's a good idea to, to play them at home and run them for an hour or two before you take them to a gig. So I think that's what, again, it had to do with, um, uh, you know, failure issues more so than getting a quality of sound. Uh, Robert wants to know, have you ever played an Acacia? I held an Acacia at the NAMM show. I didn't play it. So there was nothing really to plug into and you can't hear anything at the amp show. So I held a, uh, held one or two. Uh, they felt pretty good. You know, it's hard to put a reference to that. I couldn't really say, yes, awesome, do it. Uh, you know, it at, when you're holding a guitar for a few minutes talking about it, you know, you, you really, the only thing I could tell you is I would, you, you notice negative things right away. I didn't notice anything that stuck out as a negative for me. So... Uh, what do we got? Oh, Ed Bailey, Phil, what is your what is your go-to bass amp? It was forever my Phil Jones amp, but it it, it took a it took a crap on me, um, and um, kind of bummed about it because it was like six seven hundred bucks that bass amp, and um, made it about a year and it died. When I contacted Phil Jones, they basically said, yeah, they think they know what the issue is. Um, I have a kind of a pet peeve. When I talk to a company and tell them I have, you know something goes wrong with my amp and they immediately already know what the problem to fix might be, I, I kind of like really, you know, and if you know you have an issue, you probably step up to the plate and take care of it a little better. So I'm really, really happy about that. So uh, I've been playing a Fender uh, Rumble, little Rumble amp. It sounds great. Uh, probably looking at it getting something else soon as a bass amp for practice at home. Uh, but yeah. So now my go-to is a Fender Rumble with a compression pedal because my Phil Jones took a crap. I'm also kind of bummed because I sold my Mesa Boogie Walkabout 112 to get that Phil Jones. And um, I would never buy a Phil Jones again. I mean, I I don't really give a whole lot of companies a second chance on on the high end. You know, if you buy inexpensive stuff and it breaks, it's, uh, I guess, (laughs) this is going to sound silly. You buy a $100 vacuum cleaner and it lasts a couple months and dies, that's a. I think that's not great, but it's acceptable. You understand what you bought. If you buy a, a twelve hundred dollar vacuum cleaner and it dies in a couple months, I, I don't really see giving that company another chance again. The whole point of buying something that's more expensive is that you stepped up to quality. So to me, I bought an amp like uh, that. And so you know, the Phil Jones only sounds a little better than that ninety nine dollar Rumble amp. So. Uh, oh yeah, Mario says, and Phil is selling on Reverb. Yeah, I have the broken Phil Jones amp on Reverb. In fact, I think I had it for two hundred bucks. Somebody offered me one fifty, and I would have took it, except for I just got sidetracked and never accepted their offer. So I feel kind of bad about that. Um, 
because it can be fixed. And I think, it, and if you want a Phil Jones amp, it, apparently it can be fixed pretty inexpensively. So it'd be a good way to get into an amp, I guess, if you want to. They, like I said, I could send it to them or or get it fixed. I just, I already know once I get it fixed, I'm just going to sell it. So I'd rather just get rid of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Some of you guys, I love it when you guys are funny sometimes. So somebody's asking, uh, what's a better bludgeon tool for a guitar? Is a bass or a Les Paul? Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, my Rumble 25 is really noisy. It picks up radio stations. It's possible, Maxi. That's Maxi saying that. That is possible because it is it is just cheap transistor stuff for 99 bucks. But for the record, it is more likely you could have a cable issue, a bad cable. So I would check that. Now, if that's, your cable's fine, then it's back to the amp. I haven't had any really issues, and I don't live in a really non-noisy area. You know, I have a lot of stuff going on just like a lot of a lot of people. Uh, uh, Damon says, uh, hey, Phil, just received my acid reflux delay pedal. Awesome. I hope you love it. I love mine. Um, I love mine. It's still my favorite delay pedal. I, I, you know, and I keep, I keep, I just got another delay pedal and I was messing with it and AB in it. And I really, really like the new delay pedal. And then after about two, three days, I was back to my acid reflux. again. Yeah. Phil Smith, Phil Smith said bad ground. It could be anything. So, um, Michael says, Hey Phil, what's your take on Kemper? I've talked about this in the past, the Kemper and the Axe Effect stuff. I think if I was a recording, did more recording and I did more, uh, you know, professional stuff, I think those kind of products really make life easy and they make a lot of sense. One of the problems, and I've said this before, is that when you're doing this more as a hobby, when you, when you're playing music for yourself, you're your own audience. So your audience wouldn't hear the difference between a Kemper profile of an amp and an amp, but you can when you're playing it. And so to me, I'm not trying to, uh, make the audience happy. I'm trying to make myself happy and I'm a pretty stingy or not stingy. I'm a pretty, um, hard to please audience. So it's just, it's fun. It's funner for me to tweak with a tube amp than it is. Um, I spent this morning, I spent an hour this morning when I got some free time in between two projects to mess with a boost pedal and an amp for an hour. And it was just fantastic trying to find the sweet spot of when the boost and the amp just kind of came together and found this perfect sweet spot. And, um, that to me is just, it's funner to do that than it is to turn knobs and tweak sounds and, and stuff. Although I have friends that are really into it. So like I said, although I appreciate it stuff, it's just not my bag. Uh, Zoomzool says, are you going to review the TR-10, the THR-10 by Yamaha? Probably not. I was I was kind of really in the position to go buy one. I kept thinking about doing it. I think I told this story before. Then Yamaha reached out to me out of nowhere and said, hey, we want you to try the THR-100. And I thought, that's pretty exciting. And then they never followed up or never responded to my emails. Uh, and then, well, I was like, well, I'll go back to THR-10. But my problem right now is I, I gotta get I gotta shut off some of these little practice amps. I have um, I have a Viper, so I have a PV Viper, the new version. I have a, a Fender Mustang. I have a um, I still have a Line Six. I have um, a a, uh, a a what do you call it? a Black Star um, ID Forty. I I have like six little practice modeling amps, uh, and so I've been trying not to add another one without getting rid of a couple. Uh, Stratocaster man says, is your Framus a keeper or will you get bored of it and sell it? That too. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, that was a discussion. 
ironically, I was having with my wife this morning at breakfast. I don't think you guys realize, I don't sell as many guitars as you think I do. They just kind of not become in frame of the videos anymore. Uh, so I don't really get rid of a whole lot of stuff. Looking behind me, I can tell you, like that Copper Strat, obviously, I've had for five, six years. The Mirror I've had for five, six years. That Nuno in green I've had for five, six years. Um, uh, the other stuff is new, you know what I mean? But it's not recycled. Um, the only time stuff goes is if I need something really bad. So the frame is, uh, is in, what do you call it? We call it, I guess, in play. In other words, I might get rid of a couple guitars to, to kind of financially compensate for when I do stuff like buy the guitars like this. Uh, but the Framus is probably not going anywhere, probably ever. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So it's just like my Copper Strat. I, I'll never be able to sell it because... Uh, the price I'll want to get for it will make it, no one will want to pay me that, so I'll never get rid of it. <laughs> Quentin James is still waiting for Pixie to review his Viper. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he just doesn't do it. Just do it, Pixie. Review the Viper. <laughs> so, uh, um, good luck, hon good looking honky, <laughs> says Phil. Should we invest in capacitors for heavy amps? Um, you know, I mean, changing out the capacitors and amps, like heavy metal amps. I, I mean, not heavy weight amps, but heavy metal. I, I, it's, you can. There's always mods to amps. Um, I'm always a little, you know. My my thought process is sometimes when I mod an amp, my thought process is if I don't like the amp, maybe I should just get a different amp. So. But if you like tweaking it and have something unique and interesting, I, I think it's a good idea. Let's see what else. Whoop, hold on a second. I'm jumping around here. Um, what do we got next? Okay, so Fantasy says, thanks for the help you give us beginners. Thank you. Uh, you and In the Blues, he's talking about Shane, In the Blues, had info out to help me purchase my first used guitar, 2012 American Standard Strat. Thanks again for what you guys do. Yeah, that's a great guitar to start with. Um, you, If you start with an American Standard Strat, there's no reason to uh, ever get anything else. Um, if you want a different sound, you keep that guitar and get something else. Um, so uh, that's the that's the the kind of, you know, that's the kind, that's the Holy Grail. My first Strat was a Mexican Strat and I loved it so much. And it took me two years after that to finally pull the trigger and get an American one. And, um, I remember not being so excited when I got the American one after I had it for a couple weeks, like, wow, I don't know what I really got over the Mexican one, but there's just something cool about American Strat. It's got a, it's got the mojo cause it's a piece of history. It's got branding power behind it. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> Henrik says, keep calm. I'm here now. Everybody calm. I'm here now. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eric B says, have uh, have a chance to buy a Black Star by $100 for... Th oh, okay. So it says Black Star by $100 for $300. Is that any good? I don't know what the buy $100. You mean the, the $100? Like you're talking about the, the 100 watt tube amp for $300? Sounds like a good price. MB says, whatever happened to Galvin Guitar uh, that you're going to review? He no longer makes guitars. So we're not going to do a review, unfortunately, because he no longer makes guitars. But but I've done a bunch of reviews aside of that. And um, 
you know, there there was a list of guitar manufacturers, and I'm really thinking about doing the, the Kiesel now. Uh, doing, you know, one of their Kiesel guitars. I did the Five Things video this week. Uh, that was really a test to see if you guys were interested in that before I go down that route of buying a guitar. Those are some of those things that, you know, I've been curious for a long time about buying a Kiesel. So curious to see if you guys are curious too. PRS finally dropping some lefties. Yeah, we talk about that. Coming out Monday, we, we talked about it right when I started up. Uh, left-handed pianos. Okay, Cheddar Kumpau says, Phil, did you see the multicolor foil SE Standard 24? Can't decide if I like it. Interesting enough, I knew that was going to come up. I, I, I've been, I told you, I've been working with all this new stuff. I figured that was going to be one of the things come up. What you guys, so you know what Cheddar's talking about is, is this. Ta-da! Yep, PRS has a new line of SEs, and one of them is this foil guitar, and it's supposed to be a reissue of some guitar he did before. Let's do this one. Check that out. I love the new thing. Look at this. We can even do this kind of that. <laughs> so uh, so check that out. Um, that's the uh, the new foil PRS SE. It's uh, multicolor. Looks like it was done with like a sponge, kind of sponged on there. I don't know what I think of it. You know, I guess to be honest, the only thing I could say about it truly for me is it's unique and they won't make it very long stuff like that never lasts more than a year or two production tops so when you get it you know it's it's cool because you'll have something unique and then in a year or two when they don't make it anymore it's 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 a lot easier to to sell off if you because people are looking for stuff like that um my personal thing is i think it's cool i just don't know if i like you said i don't know i don't know what i think of it that's that's definitely different (laughs) I love it when companies try something different. <laughs> so, so I'll give them, I'll give them that. So there you go. Uh, let's go back to, go back to this. Gonna have to get better at switching the pictures though. I'll work on that. Okay, so um, Mr. Vinroom13 says I have a Fender Mustang One. Can you turn a modeling amp? all the way up with gain or will it blow up it won't blow up it'll just sound like it wants to <laughs> i have a kia soul i like that car a lot but if you floor it it's it's kind of like that modeling app it sounds like it's gonna die <laughs> it's gonna blow up you're not supposed to run things that aren't designed to do that stuff so no modeling amps definitely don't like to be i i've never successfully been able to turn up a solid state or a modeling amp past let's say seven or eight and it, I call it eats itself. That's just consumes itself. I, I amps sometimes mean, especially non-tube uh, amps. You turn them up, and they get louder, and they roar, and they get roar, and then they hit a point. And if you really pay attention, they stop getting louder, and they just get muddier or worse. Or actually, the amp feels like it's imploding on itself. It's actually the it gets worse. There's always a spot where I think that's the loudest the amp can be, and especially the more saturation, more distortion you have, the more that that comes out. So. No, <laughs> I wouldn't turn it all the way up. Uh, somebody's talking about Kiesel back and forth. So we'll have So Joe says, McKinney says, have you ever tried a Schecter S2 custom? Question mark. I bought one this year and it's awesome. They were all, there were almost no reviews, so I had to buy it blind online. Why doesn't Schecter spend more on advertising? I don't know. Um, 
You know, that's kind of my fault uh, with Schecter. I've never really reached out to Schecter, and that's sad because I have one right behind my head, and I love it. I, I love Schecter Guitars' quality. My only complaint, I've said it before, and I think a lot of us totally agree, Schecter's uh, metal marketing is horrible. Everything is metal with them. And, you know, to me, that's where I think, you know, PRS got a little messed up. You know, they started pushing the metal genre. I don't want my guitar to be a metal guitar. I don't, I don't like my guitar to be any kind of guitar. That's what's great about Gibsons and Fenders. They're really not attached to a style of music. You don't feel like... You know, if I if I want a metal guitar, I guess I'll get something pointy and stuff. But Schecter guitars and their quality are fantastic. I, I love them dearly. I've I've said it before. They're some of the best guitars for the money by far. Uh, they're they're almost impossible to find bad ones. So, so yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's good stuff. Okay, says uh, Fred Jones says, Hey, Phil, I was wondering why Fender doesn't offer its classic colors such as Fiesta Red and Daphne Blue. I'm not a fan of the new ones, and I was wondering if you knew why they do this. Yeah, they do the same thing Disney does. You ever, you know, Disney won't release like The Lion King. They only put it out for a short while, and then they retire it for a little while. Fender does the same thing. Um, so you know, uh, what is it called? Is it Surf Green? Surf Green. Maybe it's Surf Green. One of the colors, I'm pretty sure it's Surf Green, Fender refers to as the million dollar collar. In other words, whenever they release that color, they'll do a million dollars in business and whatever they put it on. I'm pretty sure it's Surf Green. So if they put Surf Green on... No, you know what? It's Butterscotch. That's what it is. So if Fender puts Butterscotch on a Squire Telly, a Custom Shop Telly, or a, or American or, or a, a Mexican Telly, doesn't matter which one, whatever one they do, they said they'll do a million dollars in business in that guitar in the year, in a year, no problem. So there are certain colors they know, and they also know that if that color, if they put it out in limited runs, we run and buy it. If they keep it out all the time, eventually it just loses it. So I think Disney does the same thing. Eventually, no one's buying The Lion King. You're just producing the movies uh, and all those, you know, other all those movies so that's why they do that they just kind of keep them and then they release them in short they've learned it's a tactic they've learned it's been successful for years it's hard to fault them for it when it works uh robbie said robbie hughes says are cream backs good for metal i think so i don't think they add a lot of fizz more fizz than i like uh Greenbacks are cool for metal too, which is basically creambacks. I've had no no problem with that. If newer metal though, if you want the chunkiness, I, I like uh, vintage 30s a little bit more than those. And then I like the GT75s a little bit more. GT75s, even though they're the cheaper slash and speaker, I use them a lot for metal, uh, for newer metal when you're trying to you know hit hit percussive and, and get a lot of low low end attack. Oh man, I missed it. Somebody was talking about the Lion King. Uh, okay, ActTube75 says Mesa Rectoverb 25 or Friedman Runt 20. Uh, I like both. I own both. I ended up selling my Mesa Rectoverb after three, four years and because uh, I have the Runt 20. I really like the Rectoverb having reverb built in the amp. was amazing. But ultimately what it was was the clean channels were the same. I like them both for different reasons. They were both, I sit there on par, and I just like the Freeman Runt's distortion better than the Rectiverb's distortion for the most part. Now, when I say that, most of that was about the volume. The, the Rectoverb 25, even though it was at 25 watts, even a switch at 10 watts, the distortion never sounded right until you turned it up just a little bit, and it was just a little too loud for at home play for me, which is where the Mark V Mini kind of comes in. It, it'll hold that distortion all the way down to the lowest point. Plus, after a while, the, you know, I felt like the. The Mark 525 does everything the, the Rectiverb does. 
Okay, it says, the real ducks like rain. <laughs> hey, Phil, don't diss PRS metal offerings. The Hulkam SE is sick. Yeah, yeah, I'm not dissing that. I'm talking about marketing. The The problem is, is that's great. It, but for a while, PRS was literally marketing so much metal that they were alienating their other markets. The metal market is bigger than the blues market probably, but not as big as the whole, is the whole. You know what I mean? The market. You don't really want your guitars to feel like anything. For, for a, a genre of music. That's my belief. You know, it's nice when you can see a Rickenbacker bass, you know, played in a metal band and then played in a country band and played in a blues band. You know, that's what you want. You want musicians to look at the tool and be like, yeah, that works for me. It doesn't matter. I, You know, think about a Telecaster. John Five plays a Telecaster and then country players play a Telecaster. You want, you want the instrument to feel diverse um, and not so specific unless that's the goal. I mean, obviously, Beast Rich was very specific in their their body shapes for a while. So, I mean, there's no bad route, but but we know what we're talking about when we're talking about sales. It, it did affect their sales. They were very aware of it. PRS was aware of it when it was happening. Schechter should be aware that when they market one way, they don't get a whole lot of anything else beside that. Baron Guitar says, what's the perfect humidity and temperature for electric guitars or does it matter? I don't worry about it for electric guitars. Acoustic guitars, it's important. Really, if you have a lot of guitars in a room, they're sucking the moisture out of the room, so sometimes you don't worry about that. I don't humidify my guitars. I never have. I think, I, you know, my logic is I want them to continue to dry out. And I live in a very dry place. Uh... Uh, D Snaff says, "Hey Phil, what's the latest on the Nasamp review? Uh, love the channel. Thank you, Dave or D Snaff. Um, I didn't get back with Nase. I didn't hear anything. I didn't get back with him. I didn't have chance. Right after that, I think this is when GitCon came, and then GitCon was was a whirlwind. So Joe saying, "Hey, he likes the format. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that." Okay, so uh, Brian York's got an issue. He says, hey, Phil, bought the Schechter PT, which stands for Pete Townsend. It's a funny little tidbit. Uh, traditional. And I hate the three-saddle bridge. Is there a six-saddle bridge that will be a direct replacement? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, there's a modification bridge for that. You just got to do some searching. There's a Telemod bridge for every kind of situation. There's a bridge that will fit in that. Um, you might not even have to worry about... Uh, well, no, you're going to do that whole bridge. But the bridge, there is a mod in there. I'll, I'll put the link in. I'll put a link if I can find it after we do, do the video. Ed Pack says, is the JoJo gone? Nope, the JoJo is in the other room. I'm using it uh, in my other office. Well, it's not my office. My other room. Uh, I've been playing it a lot. Man, Phil X really killed with that amp when he was playing on stage. That thing sounds so good. <laughs> They, I'm telling you, if it had reverb, I would probably kill three or four of my amps just because of it. But it's just that I always have to plug in the reverb through the effects loop, and it, it's a process. So it's just not as easy to grab it and play. Uh, so, but God, it's a good amp. Uh, Shaman Blue says, hey, are you still looking for a Sure Fiesta Red? Don't see many used ones available. You know, what happened was I really wanted one, and I kept thinking about it, and I like my strats. And... You know what guitar I've been really... You know, somebody asked me last week and I said no guitars. The truth is the guitar I've been thinking about nonstop was Pete Thorne's. And it's expensive, you know, and I've already kind of spent the limit for the year for sure, maybe even next year's limit just for guitars. And 
So I've been on this thing now. Instead of Sir, what I've been looking at nonstop is Kiesel's and GNLs. I've been trying to see if I can find a Kiesel or GNL that's like the Sir guitars, but a lot less money. I mean, you know, even when I got crazy with the Kiesel guitars, just building up a dream guitar, I think I got the sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars, which I thought was an insane amount of money. I was like, ah, oh, it's a lot of money, you know, for for just this guitar that I'm gonna do on a whim. It doesn't have a purpose. Um, but still, that was like two, three thousand dollars less than the Sir version. So I don't know. So, like I said, I probably wouldn't have that attitude if it wasn't for the fact that I just, just kind of hit, you know, kind of spent my limit. <laughs> Chris Jack says, "Hey Phil, how come you don't have a tan?" I don't know. I'm supposed to stay out of the sun, I guess. I tan really easy, which is funny. Um, so if I go outside, you'll know because I'll tan fast. I don't burn, I tan, which is nice. It's a nice, it's nice if, if you have that. Okay, uh, Jose, Jose says, while at GitCon, did you play any Harley Benton guitars? What's your opinion? I did. In fact, in the video I did with um, uh, Glenn Fricker on the Spectrum, Spectrum Media Sounds, uh, his channel, uh, I was playing a Harley Benton. I played pretty much all of them. They were, uh, what's my opinion? They're fantastic guitars, best guitars for that price I've found. I was going to buy one the other night. It was on their website, but Henning's got a special one they're making for him, and I figured it was based on something, and I couldn't figure out what one they based it on. I, I was trying not to buy another Strat or Les Paul style guitar. I have those. You know, the the problem with the, the knockoff Strat and, and Les Paul style guitars is they're fantastic guitars, but they're not as good as a real Strat or a Les Paul, like a Gibson Les Paul and a Gibson Strat, American Mates. They, they're not going to be the same. Uh, they're going to be close and probably for the dollars better in, in value, but you're not going to not play, you know, I have a friend who said this and I agree with him. You're not going to not play your American Strat while you play $150 copy of it. You're just not going to do that. So I was trying to find something different. So I, I'll play it. Uh, I don't even know how to say Garfunkel. Jep Garfunk, Yippee Garfunkel something. Uh, says best and worst experience at GitCon. Worst experience was the traveling by far. Uh, 22 hours there and 22 hours back and like 20, 19 hours there, uh, including layovers and stuff. That was a lot of travel. It was sitting in a plane. I, it was a 10 hour flight. I, I took multiple flights, took three flights there and two flights back, one, two, three flights back. So three flights there, three flights back. And one of the flights was 10 hours. Um, which uh, which was really bad because on the way back, they put me in the middle seat on a four-row seat and there was an elderly lady to my left and, and two people to my right. And so it was it was really hard to get up and try to get out of the seats because I either had to move two people or ask this nice lady who kept sleeping uh, to get up. And uh, that was tough. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not know this about me, but just know this in general. I broke my tailbone uh, a, a long time ago. And when you do that, it never heals. So stuff like this, it's sometimes nightmare, man. I almost like just tears come down your face when the pain starts. There's nothing you can do for it. Um, and it's not something I, I think about a lot because it doesn't always happen. In that case, it happened because I was sitting too long, uh, especially in a very comfortable, uncomfortable flight seat. So the worst was definitely the, the flight. I mean, there's just no way around that. Um, and the best experience... Uh, I don't know. It was probably picking out that bass and that guitar. That was really cool. I mean, meeting Phil X and, and, and everybody was great. Um, you know what? The greats are just too too hard to... And I know it sounds like a cop-out, but... You know, 
It was just so it's so it was so good. Everything was so cool that the sad part is there's just this part in you that says that will, you'll never have a cool moment like that again. <laughs> and that's kind of cool and sad. It's cool that I had the experience of sad that I'm like I you know, you're like I don't know. All right, let's see. Uh Let's see. Maxi says, your thoughts on the wild audio guitars? Everyone I've picked up has been a heavy. I, uh, I now I've seen the guitar centers just dumping them. I never really understand the concept. I I don't know. You know, I, I think I said that from get, from day one. You know what I mean? It's just been, you know, I'm sure they're for somebody out there. They're just not for me. It's not my thing. John says... Uh, Harpole says Fender versus GNL. What do you think? Well, I think Fender because I like Fenders and I have them. Uh, GNL is kind of known for having more quality in Fender, but not having the mojo of Fender. Isn't that funny how we talk? Sometimes I laugh at the silliness in which way we talk, but it is something we feel that way. Um, I'm hoping to get a GNL soon. That's like the you know. I, I, so you know, I, I'll tell you what I told the Tone King. I told the Tone King when we were hanging out. That I really, after playing the Framus and having the Framus experience, it's really put me in this weird mood. And I really, at this point, want to get a Kiesel and a GNL and maybe ditch my Gibsons and a couple of Fenders. I'll keep a lot of Fenders because I like them. But I'm kind of sick of supporting the big guys that don't care as much and maybe support the guys that care more. Um, um, And that's really what it comes down to. At this point, I already know, I already have a couple guitars I'm not going to get rid of. I love playing. So... Instead of collecting the guitars that are just cool, that I that I've you know maybe I should collect guitars that from companies that that just the companies are cool. Uh, Deet says, "What's uh, your opinion on your PRSS twos? Oh, I love them. My favorite PRS. Well, I like this re- whatever that reclaimed guitar right there, but that PRSS two, that black one, in uh, my mirror. But uh, in fact." Uh, I haven't decided, so uh, I don't want to say this. And you guys don't don't email me about it. I'm just telling you, I'm really at, on the on the fence right now what to do. But I'm pretty sure what I want to do because I like the Framus so much. I think I'm done with my uh, 594 and all my expensive PRSs. I like my S2. In fact, when I was interviewing Paul, if you didn't catch it, I really told him I like the S2s more and the CEs, the bolt-on CEs and the S2s. Those are my favorite PRSs by far that I own. Um, I like them a lot more in a lot of ways. And I that's why I asked him, how how does he feel about the fact that he has these affordable American guitars? And I like them better. Um, so so to answer your question, I love the S2s. I think they're 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 really good. Um, and I could say the same thing so you know about the Framus. No one's asked yet, but the Framus I have is this crazy, crazy master belt one. But the lower price, not low priced, there's no such thing as those with Framus. All their stuff is expensive. The lower price ones were the same, but they just had that one built. So, so that's what I went with. <laughs> uh, Danich says, "I have a Boston. A- you have a you have a Boston accent. Are you from Boston? I am not from Boston. Pixie's from Boston. That's a Boston uh, Boston accent. Although, here's a funny story. If you're Pixie fans out there, Pixie licks." <laughs> Pixie's Lick's Boston accent really came out when he had a drive when we were in Germany. As soon as he started driving, it's like this Boston thing came out. 
Boston curse words, Boston everything. It was it was it was quite uh, it was quite entertaining. Uh, it was me and Phil X sitting in the back seat laughing hysterically as Pixie. Uh, oh, and Leo from uh, Frog Leap Studios was in the passenger seat. So it's the three of us just laughing as Pixie Kirsten had this thick Boston accent driving. Uh, <laughs> Pixie looks. Uh, <laughs> that's not a Boston accent. I'm not a Boston accent. Pixie is. See, Pixie's watching. Pixie, that was that was the highlight. You know what? That's the highlight of Nam. Watching Pixie curse while he drives and uh, and laughing. So. So, uh, Brian York says, I-, I love my PRS S2. Mira, uh, if that helps. Yeah, I, the S2s are great. You know what? I <laughs> I really like the S2s. We back tracks. Ah, oh, one of the new sponsors. Phil, next uh, best kept secret on Guitar World. Have a hint. Wait, the next best kept secret on Guitar World. You have a hint. You mean the Guitar World the magazine or the Guitar World Us? What's the best ne- next kept secret? What's going on, you mean? Let's clarify that. See if you can put that back. Brandon's got a question. He says, how many guitars can I have on a stage before I look like a D-bag? Uh, well, it depends on the genre of music. Isn't that right? You know, if you're in a cheap trick tribute band, you can have 50, and I think you just look the part. But if you're... <laughs> um, you know, that's one of those things, you know, that's, that's just the truth of it. Every genre is different. You know, when people, when dream theater comes and spends six hours, I'm exaggerating, I guess, maybe setting up the stage with giant drum sets and stuff. That's just the band. But if, you know, a three piece punk rock band showed up, they come and play. So I have no problem with everybody being who they are. Does it make sense? If you guys can't tell that I, it's just really, it's just how it is. You know, every band's different. I like a lot of different genres. You know why? Because not because I just like everything. It's because I get burned out on stuff and I switch for a while. So sometimes I'll just, I listen to a certain genre, I'll play a type of guitar for a while until I'm just done with it. Fred Jones says, hey, is Ralph going to be back on the show soon? It's he, He's going to be on Saturdays. But part of the problem is we're going to do the podcast. These are all going to be put in podcasts, as you guys, or if you don't know. These are uploaded to iTunes, I think, within 24 hours after this drops today. This goes to iTunes on Saturday. So you can listen to these live streams as a, as a podcast. However, a lot of people have said, hey, what about a straight-up podcast? So me and Ralph did some, and it seemed to go well, and so we're doing podcasts. So I don't know if we're going to do so many live shows on Saturday or just do the podcast. That way we can create extra material, um, something interesting. Uh, Shaman Blue says, I see a Framus NOS, new old stock, 2010 Panthera Studio under 2G's uh, opinion. Seems like a good price. They don't, you know, they, they don't seem to hold value. A lot of people talk about that. A lot of brands don't hold value except for Fender and Gibson. So that's just a part of it. But yeah, that seems like a good price. I mean, you know, I just paid a fortune for one, so... Frogleaf Studios. Hey, what's up? I love today's video with the uh, with the neon paint and the guitars. Oh, it was great. So you know, I enjoyed it so much. Although last week's with Phil X, the monkey was hilarious, but and Phil X solo was off the hook. Great stuff as always. You know, if you guys don't pay attention to, to which I'm sure no one here, everybody knows it because he's two million subscribers and a billion views, and he's amazing. But Leo at Frogleaf Studios, every week, how he produces. A video. In fact, when I came back from Nam, one of the things that made me uh, really focused was I. 
he can make an entire production video in a week because um, I'm sure he doesn't sleep and he works all the time. But it really motivated me to really start to try to improve my videos and try to do more because just watching him work was was really impressive. So thank you, Leo, for that. It was really cool to watch you do your thing. Yeah, Pixie's like, the blacklight video was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was just really cool. So let's see. It says, how some spell check on your sponsors. So is something spelled wrong? One of the names wrong? Could be possible. I copied over from the Patreon account, but it can always change it. So let me know if something's wrong. I'll fix it. That's not a big deal. That's the problem with technology now. Every time you type something, it's trying to flip things for you. based, you know. So there's just no way around that. Okay, here's a good one. Jeremy says, Phil, what damage might you see from, store, from storing a solid body guitar in a case for a few years? Climate was in Los, uh, Las Vegas, uh, swamp-cooled house. Um, you shouldn't see a whole lot. I mean, guitar stores store guitars in cases in the back stores for years too. It's not a big deal. The only damage I've ever seen was I saw an ES-335 once sit in a case, a vintage one, sit in a case for so long that the acids ate the binding off the guitar. Um, so, uh, there is issues where maybe a, a, a lacquer type guitar, you maybe need to open the case, you know, every once in a while to make sure, you know, the air exchanges, but... No, I think that's pretty safe. Okay. Uh, thought. Oh, Mark's raise on thoughts on Gibson Future. We talked about that before, but, you know, you get the idea. Um, I really think it's they're getting a pummeling on the YouTube channel. Uh, uh, arena i should say you know not only from the youtubers but from you guys there's definitely i was i watched on social media the other day gibson released something <laughs> they released something on their on their on their uh like instagram or whatever and the first 20 things were the most negative things i've ever read and i'm <laughs> so I, I i dare say i felt bad for for gibson for a second so uh uh, but their future, it, like I said, the guitars future, Gibson guitars will be fine because people want the guitars. They'll be around for a long time. Um, I talked about that before as well. The values are holding. I know because, you know, the first thing I think of every time somebody talks about Gibson suck and we should all not have Gibsons was maybe it's a good time to buy some Gibsons like the stock market, you know, buy low, sell high. And um, they're holding value. So I think it's just we're not happy with being the treatment that we see Gibson, you know, not caring. So um nathan says hey missing arizona for sure 35 degrees here he's in maryland uh if i could interview five musicians about gear who would they be and why oh my goodness five musicians about gear and why actually you know a sad thing is i've interviewed a dozen musicians over the years at nam uh and I didn't even have a YouTube channel. This felt like walking up to people. What I learned from talking to most real musicians uh, about gear is the majority of them don't want to talk about gear. <laughs> so uh, they're sick of they're either sick of talking about gear, and so they don't want to talk about it with you because it's this thing they're just they've done to death, or 
they're not into gear. And that happened a lot to, to me. I've talked to a lot of uh, really quality guitar players and bass players over the years. And you're trying to strike a conversation, you know, talking about the, the gear. And the way I equate it to, it's like, I guess, like talking to a football player about his about his pads, you know, and stuff and his helmet. He's just like, nah, that's not my thing. I'm into playing sports. You want to, so they want to talk about writing music and doing music, which is really cool. So, um, very few of them are gear nerds, you know? Um, and I unfortunately am a gear nerd. I like talking about music and everything else too, but I will always be a, a gear nerd. Uh, Ivan Dolls D. I can't even say it, man. I'm just say Ivan. Ivan says PRS Vila S2 reclaimed. Have you tried it? I haven't tried that one. I, I have the CE right there somewhere there <laughs> behind me, and uh, I love it. They seem to be going up in value. It seems to be the thing. Uh, okay, and oh man, that was a good question. I don't want to lose it. Hold on, let me go back to it. Here we go. Ready? It says. Somebody was asking a great question about why the... So let me go back to it. It was about PRS guitars and their resale value. And I had a great response for you. Which was... They were asking why the PRS uh, guitars... I'm going to have to do off memory. I'm sorry. It jumped so fast. I had them under control and then it jumped. Basically, what the question was, was why do PRS guitars have such a huge discrepancy in price in the used market? Is what I got from that question. And the reason is, is because, and I believe it's because PRS uh, has so many different colors. See, like a used Gibson and Fender is pretty straightforward. You know, there's about a dozen colors out there. And, you know, you have a good amount of people looking for a black Strat or white Strat, you know, a a blue Strat, a red Strat, a surf green Strat, Les Pauls, a a Sunburst, a Cherry Burst, you know, a black one. But PRS, you know, you're looking for somebody. There's so many variables. Like to me, when I look for a used Custom 24, and the reason I'm telling you this story is this. I've tried to buy a used Custom 24. I've never bought one. I've owned two or three new over the years, but never used because... So I want one that's like I want a white thin neck or a patterned thin neck. So I got to find one that has a smaller neck and then and then the color I want. And then so you find one and you're like, okay, it's in plum and I don't really want plum. And it's a wide fat neck and you're like, I don't want that either. And then you find the color you want. You're like, okay, I like the amber, but then it's the wrong neck. And then I find the – so I think it's the variables. You know, it, you start making all the customers finite. I think that's what – when people come – when I did the five things about Kiesel, some people were talking about their resale value. Anytime you offer a lot of custom options to your guitars, it's going to hurt the resale value because now the variables of the customers are different. Um, so, for instance, you know, if you a Kiesel guitar, now you got to find somebody who wants a Kiesel, wants the model you pick, the color you pick, the neck you pick, the you know what I mean, all the options you picked. So, the more options, the more more. So, let's see. Quicksilver says, "Did you cover the Hell Freezes Over announcement, PRS Lefty Guitars?" I did. Yeah, we already talked about that. Uh, in fact, hold on a second. I got my cool pictures here. <laughs> Lefty land. Ta-da! PRS has left-handed guitars. We'll leave that up for a little bit. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. So there is... Oh, so is that what it is? Did you cover the... Oh, no, we already talked about that. No. Okay, it says, We Backtrack says, I mean, do you have a hint on something cool which is coming concerning guitars? I don't. 
not nothing really interesting. Uh, um, I mean, PRS was talking about they had a lot of stuff. PRS put out a lot of stuff. You're going to start seeing that more and more companies putting out stuff um, before before um, Christmas, which is not normal. For years, we were always a January release kind of thing, and now we're doing it before. The only thing cool for me that I, I did is I got a Dirty Shirley pedal, uh, So I and I'm going to review that. That's what I'm working on right now. I'm going to do a review on AB it against the BEOD. Um, so if it, eh, I don't want to give away the the trick, but man, I love it. But uh, you guys probably already know that because if you're watching, I've been kind of raving about it since January when I played at the NAMM show. It was my favorite thing at the NAMM show, so uh, I obviously had a hint that I was going to like it. Okay, so we're we're de- basically at the 10-minute warning. So is there anything else cool? Anything, anything going on? Let's see what else I got. A um, couple changes I thought was cool. First, let's talk about this because it's Veterans Day. Tomorrow is actual Veterans Day, but today is kind of like the the day we talk about it. And um, and uh, what do you call it? There's a there's a term for it, but it's basically when a holiday falls on a weekend. Uh, it's an honorary uh, holiday today for veterans. Uh, so I want to thank all the veterans out there, especially the ones that watch the channel and support the channel. You guys are awesome, and uh, thank you for your service and and. Um, and it really means a lot. I'm sorry. I was trying to see if uh, if I had another picture for you guys. I think that's the one I made. And then the other thing that's going to be changing is between now and the end of the year, I'm going to have a schedule. If you saw it this week, the schedule was put in this uh, place this week. So uh, it's basically Mondays will be new gear. In other words, every Monday will be your gear review. So like this Monday, we reviewed a piece of gear. Wednesday is going to be the fun or uh, learning videos, like five things videos or something we're going to learn about. And then Friday will be we talk gear. And then Saturday will be the bonus. Uh, so if I have a bonus video, which I will because if I, you heard me mention it last week, I have the um, Quintessence by TC Electronics uh, coming out uh, review. Uh, and we're going to do a giveaway on that. So, and that's, and that's, uh, hopefully will be done tomorrow. I think it's all done. I just need to finish, make sure I like how it ended, how it worked all out, how it sounds. So, and that's, that's kind of the highlight for me. And, oh, and I got a set of Wiggins humbucker pickups finally. (laughs) Right? Uh, so these are Rosewood. So I'm very excited about that as well. I think Mel Gibson wanna be wanna Beatles says I think Mel Gibson should buy the company and bring it back to its glory days. Oh my goodness. Yeah, what's worse? Mel Gibson's reputation or Gibson's guitar's reputation? They're both pretty bad. So who knows? Jeremy says, thanks for answering the question. You're picking up some store guitars in a week. Feel better now? Yeah, they should be fine. Storing guitars in cases is pretty safe. Quicksilver says he ordered a PRS already in a left-handed. So, okay. So, good questions this week as always. I really appreciate that. Mike Francis says, hey, Phil, where do you see the digital world going such as Line 6, Helix, and Example? What is your thoughts? The digital world will keep overtaking the analog stuff. That's how it works. It's been slowly growing, but it'll never win because... The problem is, is this is an emotional thing. We don't have to build it. We don't have to react to it with logic. 
you know, playing an instrument is an emotional thing, uh, not a logical thing. So emotionally, you want to have an experience with pedals. You know, last week when Joe Bonasa went on a thing on about pedals, this week I actually got a bunch of pedals. Um, and I, and so when I was playing them, I was last night I was actually messing with the pedals, and it was I was having so much fun. Like it was really a lot of fun. It was just a couple hours of just bliss. Um, and I learned a lot messing with some stuff. I did some crazy stuff working on a video idea and, uh, and it was good. Dr. Knight, uh, I don't know. Knight aunt. I'm sorry. You guys, some of your names are says, Phil, did you get the two notes attenuator? I didn't. Um, you know, like I said, I've been on the fence. Um, TK, the tone King says he's getting one. So I've been kind of waiting to see if he likes his when he gets his. Uh, Adam wants to know, Phil, is the Boss Katani good? Yeah, I did a review of it. Um, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you can definitely play it through your bedroom. Yep, you can do it upstairs. It's a great amp. It's one of the best modeling amps I've played. Brian wants to know, am I ready to pull the trigger on the Kiesel? I, I am. That, like, the next two guitars that I think about getting are, are going to be a Kiesel and a, and a GNL. That's basically it. And that came to the fact that I was really still gung-ho for Sir Guitars. And, you know, there's just so many, so many guitars. And there's just, there's just, there's just only so many expensive guitars you can justify. After a while, you know, it's just in the collection, you know. Uh, like I said, the, the Framus really is going to make some guitars go. <laughs> okay, let's... We backtrack says more radar speaker coming. Oh, okay, so that's their their uh, impulse uh, thing from more. Those are cool, right? Lawrence Petros was talking about those. So okay, so uh, the Tillin Mars says it's weird. Some people complain that the katana is too muddy and dark, but that wasn't my experience at all. Yeah, um, you know, that could also be their guitars. That could be what they were doing. It could be based on what, you know, um, everybody's ear is different. Oh, here's a good question. DSNAF says, hey, any thoughts on, uh, I'm going to say, Jericho guitars? Love to know. Um, I think that, was that your, that comment yesterday? Somebody commented on the Kiesel stuff, and I saw the Jericho comment. I went and looked at their website. The only thing I didn't like was nowhere on their website is talking about where they're built. So I was going to try and message them to see. Not, not that it's uh, that important, but that would explain the pricing. The pricing seems really aggressive. Steve Earl says, do you have any insight on the tube driver or the real tube pedals? Um, yes, the tube driver is a great pedal. Ibanez makes a, a version of it, but it's not the same. Yeah, no, they're not stuck in the... Oh, sorry. I'm talking to you guys. Somebody says, your pickups got stuck in the picture. They didn't get stuck. I just uh, didn't change the didn't change the source, the picture. Um, just all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. Like I said, there's the schedule. Another interesting thing before we go is, I'll, I'll end with this note since we're, we hit the hour mark. Um, some cool stuff. I, I did some cool t-shirts uh, for some other channels and I'm very excited about them. I don't know if I want to show them yet. They're going to those channels. 
so at the show, I'll tell you the story. At the show, uh, some some channels talk about trading T-shirts. Oh, you know what? That means, reminds me. I'd like to point out that the band, look at that, Seas of Neptune, whoops, sent me some shirts and some music. I love the fact they sent me a thumb drive. I really appreciate that, guys, because um, I listened to it in the car, and I was enjoying it very much. Good album. So I have some Seas of Neptune T-shirts, and so I'm going to wear one of those, and maybe we can do something uh, when we do a giveaway, um, um, the big deal is the big deal for me is you know when I hit 100,000 subscribers, that was a big deal, big milestone. The next big milestone for the channel will be 25 million. We're at 23 million 200 thousand, and you never know how it's going to go. It can all slow down and speed up. You never know, but we're slotted to hit 25 million somewhere in the middle or early part of January. So um, about two months, a little about two months from now. So in two months, so 25 million is a big deal. Um, I feel like it's a big deal it's going to be the biggest deal for the channels had as a success uh 25 million views is a lot of views i can't even say 25 million views without kind of chuckling uh because it feels almost in, like not real because <laughs> it's so big um so i'm gonna i'm working on some promotion ideas to do some cool stuff with you guys for that too so if you have suggestions put those in the comments uh i'd like to do something really cool something epic even uh to 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 do something cool, but one of the things I've been doing is for the uh, uh, is these t-shirts. Somebody mentioned doing some t-shirts, cross-branded t-shirts, and working with other channels. And basically, when the channels talk about trading t-shirts, I thought wouldn't it be cool to make some t-shirts, uh, special t-shirts for the other channels? So I did that. Uh, it's probably too soon to show you guys uh, the t-shirts, but they get theirs all in about a week, so they're getting them soon, and I'm excited about that. Um, Joe, uh, Guyen, Guinan, Guinan says thoughts on Chapman guitars other than playing same thing. It's just like, um, Acacia play, picked up a couple at the NAMM show, played them. Can't really tell you a whole lot. Don't have a whole lot of insight on them. There's nowhere to play them. So I'd have to just order them online. And it's one of those things you just sight unseen, order it and hope it all works out. And they're not inexpensive. They're, you know, that's $700 guitar for the most part. So it's hard to buy a guitar that you have no, I mean, I have no experience of. Okay, so anything else on you guys' brains before we go? Epic <laughs> giveaway. Give away your Framus guitar. You know, that was Bell End. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know what? I could tell you, I'm not going to tell you guys why. It doesn't even matter. Let's just say this. The, the Framus guitar is very personal to me for a lot of reasons. Uh, and, and so... But I am thinking something crazy, so we'll see. Um. Oh, <laughs> okay. So Cheddar Cup Bow was like, "Man, my HP forty two shirt shipped today." Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I noticed. So I, I, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm laughing. So Cheddar Kong Pow got one. The um, <laughs> like. Like I said, so you're gonna hopefully you'll see them soon. They're the shirts that I do. Um, I made some special ones for some channels to say to say thank you, and so uh, for for working with me at Nam and working with me on live shows and stuff. And uh, if you guys watch the other channels, hopefully you'll see uh, those shirts on those channels because I I put a lot of time into. Uh, yeah, and my wife would kill you. Um, Shave my eyebrows off for 25 million views. Nah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what I've been considering. And it was my wife's suggestion. So my wife's suggestion was 
she said, and then you guys can put in the comments what you think about this, but it would be almost impossible. So we're going to, we're slotted, if you watch trending reports, to hit 25 million views somewhere in the first week or two of January. So the idea would be if we could beat that deadline, in other words, if we could do 25 million views by uh, New Year's Eve, in other words, before New Year's Eve, maybe do a giveaway and give away the gold top Les Paul that I bought from Sam Ash with the P90s. Um, and the reason that'd be really cool is because that that's a, a guitar that's kind of iconic to the channel. Um, it's a guitar I bought, you know, what guitar would I buy for $500 and less? And the cool part is, um, believe it or not, that guitar is cool. I haven't really played it a whole lot and, and I've thought about selling it a couple times. And the issue is it's worth double what I paid for it. So, and you know, we just, I don't know. I feel weird selling the guitar. So I haven't. But anyways, that's the thing we were talking about. Something like that. Okay, so... Grow a Fu Manchu. Uh, oh, here's a good... Okay, Space Jazz says, Phil, if someone could only practice 15 minutes at a time, but frequently during a day, should the amp be switched off between sessions or left on if it's about... Uh, on the for the valve life? Don't worry about it. Switch it on and on off. You know, I always tell people, don't worry about tubes. You know, switching on the amps and on and off. The, I mean, it's it's not good for the tubes, but you know, it's gear. To, gear is supposed to be used. Use it, enjoy it. So, so, not a friend of the zebra pickups. No, no, no. Make sure you understand. I'm talking about the P90 Les Paul. So it's a P90 Les Paul, not the zebra pickup Les Paul. Uh, Dad says, hey, Phil, uh, love your work. What should I know about tube amps as a first-time owner? Don't touch the tubes. <laughs> you know, there's not a whole lot to know. Um, make sure you're always plugged into a cabinet. That's really important. Make sure you read the manual about the ohms. That's really important. And we'll say three things. And then the third thing is uh, make sure... Uh, what's the other thing? I don't know. That's really it. Those two things are the only things that are important. Everything else is really not a big deal. I also, you know, kind of suggest waiting to play five, ten seconds before you start playing. Let the amp warm up a little bit. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. Okay. Any thoughts on the new Geezer Butler uh, signature bass wall? No, I'm not a big bass wall. That's Terry Bear. Hey, Terry Bear. The uh, It's not a big bass wall. I have a wall collection, and I don't have any bass walls. I just use guitar walls for bass. Um, the guitar teacher I went to, uh, bass teacher, sorry, bass teacher I went to for a while, which is uh, Ray Rindo, who's a fantastic bass player, if you guys know who that guy is. Amazing. Um, I don't know. I think he. I think he's the one that was using a guitar wall for bass, so I just did it. Woohoo! Shaman Blue says, woohoo, 25 million views, man. That's fantastic. Well, we haven't hit it yet, but we're at 23,200,000. And, you know, the channel, you know, there's there's a ton of websites out there that speculate what channels do and what they're trending to do. And that's and so they trend out. Um, and they've been pretty right for the most part. But you never know. It could take, it could take two years to hit 25 million or it could take two months. You never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, keep your hands off the tube amp. That's a good idea. I have a scar. Right? Oh, I can't see it. There it is. I have a scar, a burn scar. 
uh, on my arm from a tube, reaching into a Marshall amp. I turned a Marshall JCM, uh, I want to say it was a two, JCM 2000. I can't remember if it was a 50 watt, 100 watt, but I just got it, turned it on, and the reverb wasn't working, and I turned it off. I mean, it was literally on for a, a two minutes, and then I pulled the back plate off, uh, which, you know, takes a few minutes, and then I reached in to check the cables, and my arm touched, oh, you can see right there, touched the top of tube for just a microsecond, and it burned my, it scarred me. It was so hot. Uh, and <laughs> you know, the dumb things you do, you know, eventually you're going to burn yourself with a soldering iron. Eventually you're going to burn yourself with a tube safety first, right? Phil Smith, by the way, I know, I know, and can joke about hair. I'm getting bald too. Oh yeah. Well, I've been bald since I was 21. So yeah, I shaved my head and, uh, it just happened. I shaved my head in the army and it just never came back. Hmm. I may not have told this story. I'll tell you a funny story. So the first time I went in the army, not well, it was the only time, but when I went in the army and they shaved your head, you know, I remember the the guy saying, hey, you're getting a little thin on top. And I thought it was a weird thing for him to say to me. And then after basic and AIT, you get to grow in high and tight. And I noticed my high and tight was not, was not so tight. <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, so that's what happened. It's just, you know, and I, I, my understanding is that's just what happens if you have thin hair once you start shaving it. Uh, it doesn't make it grow back. You know, it's, it just adds, makes the process worse. I don't know. could be true. But uh, okay. Well, that was a cool, cool, guys, thanks for hanging out and talking about that. Let's see what else. Anything inter interesting? Um, like I said, hopefully tomorrow, I know, I, I, I hope and everything works tomorrow that the uh, Quintessence video is up to do the giveaway on the Nerd Whammy uh, 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 thing. The hold up so you know. Look, I can show you. The hold up is the Nerd Whammy shirts. I want to do a runner up. So like a two runners up can win a Nerd Whammy shirt. I made a Nerd Whammy shirt for myself. Um, I did this thing so you know where I made a bunch of shirts for myself and for other people. And I've been debating on whether or not to share that. You know what I mean? Go, go do something broader i don't know if you guys would be interested so that's why sometimes i don't know you know what if you guys would even care um and uh that's why like i said the other channel the other channels were told for the most part if they're interested if they want the shirts that i made for them if they want them available to you guys if you guys they decide and i would split the profits half we would split the profits 50 50 so i don't have any control over or not uh, whether or not the shirts I send these uh, other channels can sell or, you know, if we sell them. So, uh, so I thought I'd share that with you. So, and then uh, maybe I'll just do a teaser. I'll do the teaser. All right, because we're going to end it and we'll do the, do the thing. So I sent a couple shirts out. I'm going to send, uh, let's see, who should I rat out? I don't want to rat. Oh, I'm just reading real quick the thoughts. <laughs> Wear the Bob Marley wig and smoke a joint for the views. They, um, I can't even tell you. I don't even know if it's legal in my state. Isn't that funny? You think I should know something like that? I just don't pay attention. Oh, okay. Arrow Arrows Fear Audio says, sort of unrelated question. All my videos are dark, no matter how many lights I put in. Help with lighting. Okay, so that's, you know what? That's a good question. Um, so, you know, I my question to you is, are you using lighting? You know, like I use, 
lighting. I have big lights behind me. Um, you're gonna, you need real lights. When I started doing my videos, I used the sun. I opened the window. So I can only film videos. Um, I mean, I literally started the channel, so you know, with my phone, no mics, no nothing. Just all the first videos for a while were just my phone. And I could only film them in the morning <laughs> at a certain time of day when the light would come in the room. Uh, and I would just do it before I went to work. So that's just, you know. But then later you start learning you need lights. So I didn't, you know, some, some of you guys out there are, are video guys and you might laugh at all this stuff. But the truth is, you know, you know, having a great understanding of the music industry or gear and stuff and guitars, that's great. But I mean, I don't know anything about video production, editing, lighting, uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> producing videos, none of that stuff. And, and so you, you have to learn all that from, from literally scratch. So Yeah, Qu Quentin James says Pixie's mad because everyone got a boatload of pedals except for him. Yeah, I didn't get. I got five pedals from TC, so I understand what he's saying, but it wasn't. And I didn't get any from anyone else. I got the five pedals from key, uh, from TC, and five is really weird because it's really four. Because I got two quintessence because I'm giving one away. They were really cool to give me one to give away. <laughs> Somebody says tease out Henning shirt. You know. I can't. His shirt's not PG. 13. <laughs> so he's going to... I would... And I don't have it queued up. So... Uh, let's see. Dino Smith says, Was Pixie mad that he didn't... That he couldn't get a Frams guitar? I don't think he was mad. Like I said... I, um, I, I wouldn't see why he was mad. I mean, they're great guitars. You know, I don't know if I, I talked about this. So, uh, and then we'll we'll leave with this. Well, this is the note we'll leave on. When I got asked to go to GitCon, it was in January of this year. Henning had mentioned that he was trying to work on this project and would I be interested. And so, you know, without hesitation, I told him, oh, yeah, I'm definitely interested. Let's do it. And so he contacted me later and said, I'm working on it. You still interested? I go, I'm, I'm interested. Let's do it. And... He said, you know, hey, we'll get them to pay for the, the, the airfare and the hotel. And, um, you know, what happened was, it's not that I didn't believe it. I just didn't want to bank on that. So my wife kept asking me, you know, what's going on with this GitCon thing? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I go, but it's something. So I prepared. So this is the true story. So I prepared from the moment that I kind of thought it was going to happen to the time it happened, which was about four months, five months. And I, uh, I saved up, I was saving money. I was the whole time going, okay, I'm going to have to pay for this. And, uh, and then I, I just cause the way my personality is, I had it set to where even if then when I, I thought maybe they were covering some of the costs, I thought, well, even then I want to be prepared to pay for some of it in case I want to leave or not do it. I didn't want to be in the, I didn't want to be beholden to anyone. So what happened was, um, when it all came to bear and they basically they footed the cost of this thing i decided right then and there i was like well these guys are awesome and i'm like i'm going to use the money and buy a guitar that's just basically how it works so um one because now i can and uh and uh and two um 
I mean, because I got a cool guitar, but but two is like a good way to say, hey, man, you guys are awesome. Thanks. And, you know, how, how can I be a customer of yours? And, 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 and the Tone King was the same way. Uh, okay, last one. Cheddar Kung Pao says, I have an HP42 shirt <laughs> next week, uh, probably. I'll wear it in a video on my channel hinting, uh, after Henning announces it. Yeah. Um, what I did, so you guys know, is some of the, uh, some of the uh, patrons were allowed to see the shirts and get one if they wanted one because um, I had already worked that out. So we did that. So, so there you go. Uh, and then, all right, so we'll we'll leave it at that. Thank you, guys. We went a little over, as, uh, which we've been doing. A couple announcements. I want to make an announcement, this one real quick. Uh, Henning is going to be on Tone Talk, which is a show that I was on with Mark Kuzanski and Dave Friedman uh, on the 12th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So check him out, not only because of Henning, but I'm sure if you were curious to know what he, why he started GitCon or all the stuff about you know, what happened there, or, you know, just to see Dave Freeman talk about amps and hinting. I just want to let you know that that's something I saw. So, uh, Phil J says, looks like you're getting thin with pedals in the background. No, you know what? I'm working on a new video and I'm trying to figure out how to work, uh, work it out. The idea is I want to start doing a thing when we do these weekly talks, you guys pick three pedals and I figure out what to do with them and we make a video out of it. Something like that. Uh, and so I have that already, I already did one and I like it. So, We'll see how that goes. So, yeah. Ah, Quentin James says, Tone Talk is awesome. I agree. Very, very awesome. So, like I said, check out Dave. It's Dave Freeman and Mark Kuzansky. Dave Freeman from Freeman Amps. Uh, so, I mean, think about this. If you guys don't realize, you know, he's got a channel now. You can literally ask him anything. Uh, those guys, you know, there's and they have amazing uh, people on there. Uh, I was on there once. Uh, I don't know if I rate as amazing, but, you know, hey, they had me on there, and that's always a, a good... I mean, Pete Thorne's been on there. Phil X was just on there. Uh, Grover Jackson, you name it. And so they're going to have Henning on there. It's just a bunch of dudes talking about gear. I mean, what's not to like? So so anyways, on that note, I'm going to call it a day. And as always, I want to thank everyone. I want to thank the sponsors again. You guys are awesome. I appreciate everything you're doing for uh, the channel and for helping us out. And, uh, and, and, and it's like I said, it's been, it's been really cool. And we'll, we'll talk next Friday. And until then, uh, thank you for your time and, uh, know your gear. <laughs>